their listeners welcome to episode 166 of never on the back foot podcast this episode will discuss india's performance so far in the series versus bangladesh we will also be analyzing india's odi formula and what exactly is happening on the podcast to join us for the discussion we have ritesh he is a 22 year old from hyderabad and has been a fan of cricket since a very young age He has pictures of him sporting the 2003 World Cup jersey as a 3-year-old, showing he has been a follower of the game for almost 20 years now. He is a member of the St. John's Cricket Academy in Hyderabad, which was also the home for Mithali Raj, Vivian Lakshman, Hanuma Bihari, to name a few. He has also played cricket during his school and college days at the under-14 and under-16 level. An avid follower of the game, He loves analyzing various matches and players while being passionate about the Indian team and his home IPL franchise the Sunrisers Hyderabad. Hi Ritesh, welcome to Never on the Backfoot podcast. Uh really looking forward to this uh, discussion. But first things first, how are you doing today? Exams are almost done so not better <laughs> than expected and I did have ice cream just now so good. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice note to uh, you know kickstart this discussion. But uh, when we talk about India right now, we are obviously not having a very great end to twenty twenty. Not that the year has been that great too. We've had a spate of injuries, uh, the loss in the T Twenty World Cup semi final is still haunting us. Then you know the sudden removal of the entire selection panel, and now we are facing this very weird series versus Bangladesh where you know everything is going wrong. So with the World Cup, you know, less than a year away, how do you look at everything that's happening? I feel like there we haven't had any form of consistency because we are just trying to go. We are keeping so many series to test out players instead of having a fixed group that we have in mind that will perform. Like the early the 2011 and 15, we were so successful because we had the core of the team decided, and we worked. around them right now we are we are playing so much cricket that the players themselves are getting injured they need more breaks because they are either constantly traveling or playing or they just are injured in general in training and stuff like shami which happened recently so i feel like we just need to slow things down and reassess what direction we want to do because we have few months before the world cup now and that's how we should be focusing ourselves into Absolutely, and uh, you brought in a lot of points that we will be uh, delving into later on in the episode as well. But I think what has been very noteworthy is how India is really trying to, uh, you know, bring out a lot more players before, you know. And uh, but it's I think the manner of the defeats, right, in uh, Bangladesh is something that will certainly hurt us because we had the inexperienced bowling attack, and uh, you know we were almost on the verge of victory in the first. uh two odis you know despite losing the toss in both of them but a lot of things uh, went wrong so what are your thoughts on the same like you said we we don't have we haven't been consistent in terms of the squads and the team we select so and the injuries have not helped so to make up for the loss of bowlers we're trying to bring in all-rounders but the all-rounders themselves are either injury prone or inconsistent like chahar and shardul shardul has not been good with the bat in limited overs funny lately off even though he's been an aggressive batsman in test matches which is ironic if you look at it that way if yeah, you see the the second odi siraj played out a maiden and shardul hit 7 of 23 and we lost by 5 runs and if you consider that that means we had a total of 22 balls 
that we could have easily scored the six runs in and we didn't we have it it's not that we have played bad just that the small mistakes that we've made have cost us the game which makes it look worse than it is right that's actually uh, such a good point right and that kind of brings me into the first uh, odi we was just defending what 186 and uh, india also managed to reduce the hosts to 136 for 9 before mehdi hasan just took the match away and 3 uh, days later we literally had uh, you know again india restrict uh, bangladesh to 69 for 6 but mehdi hasan being the <laughs> amazing batter that he has suddenly become fought them again with that sensational 100 of 83 and the slog overs was just insane with him scoring so many runs right so uh, what did you make of you know that batting effort i feel like it wasn't more about the batting being good i think we just we just took it we took it too lightly like you see rohit got injured in the second odi rohit didn't bowl sundar in the first bowl sundar out in the first odi even though sundar was the best bowler because he thought sundar had done enough of a job and the fast bowlers will be able to handle the rest and then cha the no ball the catch, rahul dropped the catch now that is going to rahul is going to come into question again in the second odi because He didn't open the batting, and instead he said he said Kohli in, which wasn't actually necessary because Rahul could have easily just opened the batting because Rohit was injured. That is from the batting point of view. Then again, from the captaincy point of view, Rahul, I, I don't I don't think Rahul has won a single match as a captain for India. I think he's lost every single game, and you could see that again that Umran, even after five overs, he was looking good to continue. He. the the reason umran has been successful in odi more than t20s is because in t20s they go they use his speed more because he need to keep the scoreboard ticking so he's been expensive there and then in the death over of odi it's the same situation if you look at it you you know every game odi odi game umran has played his first two spells have been really good the final spell when he comes back in towards the end he gets hit for runs because when you go swinging at that speed you get little bit of bat it goes flying all over the country so the way to use umran is something we need to really figure out because we saw that one over to shakib and the next the effect it had in the next over so when someone can do that it's really good to have in the team so we need to be more consistent and prepare him more and kl rahul should not captain kl rahul really shouldn't captain because he seems clueless at times rohit made a mistake in the first odi by not bowling sundar yes but he brought it till the end the bowlers didn't execute the plans well rahul dropped a very simple catch rahul as a keeper batsman cannot play if he if he can play he should play only as an opening batsman or he shouldn't be a part of the middle order once pant comes back even though pant might be inconsistent at the bat he brings multiple variations as he's a left hander and he's a wicket keeper and he's a really good wicket keeper his wicket keeping has improved a lot if people actually say it rahul is not a proper wicket keeper and he's shown that especially in the past two games right i mean although india is the you know on the other end of the scorecard like 2-0 and we still have some uh, positives to take away but then i also want to ask you, you know what makes bangladesh such a potent force at home right they've had so many series where they've just dominated even against top notch sides like australia so what do you think makes them such a strong outfit 
See, if you look at it, the Bangladesh opening bowlers are the one who set the tone every time because they know what lengths to bowl and they control the opening overs. After that, it's just that the spinners know the conditions better and they take advantage of what the fast bowlers earlier have done. That's it's really that simple. You just if you create enough pressure, wickets will come and that's that you can see that clearly what India did the same thing. That's why they were able to pick up those early wickets, but then we dropped off. Bangladesh had the advantage that their spinners could and another issue is Chahal is the way other than Sundar, the other spinners Akshar hasn't been good. So I don't Akshar batted well in the second ODI, but the second Jadeja is fully fit. Akshar won't be playing anymore. And our other issue has been that we don't have anyone in the top order who can actually bowl and bat. At least partially. If you look at the, every successful Indian side throughout history, it was because of the presence of all-rounders or batsmen who would bowl. Tendulkar would bowl, Seva would bowl, Reinhardt would bowl. So Yuvraj would bowl. And by bowl, we don't just mean someone who can just cover up few two three overs. It is someone who could bowl two three overs and pick up wickets as well. Even Kedar Jadav used to be that option. Right now, we don't have that option other than Hardik, Jadeja, Akshay, and Sundar. Right. That's actually a good point. And it does kind of answer my next question as to you know, what went wrong with uh, India in the series and other uh, major talking points. But uh, when we talk about scapegoats, right? Now, Shikhar Dhawan is one such player who's often, uh, you know, always in the forefront when it comes to why India didn't put up a good batting performance. So he's also had, you know, a tough outing in uh, ODIs in recent times. And uh, how would you, you know, make of the situation? Like going ahead, is he still in India's scheme of things? Considering he's also, you know, captain in the series where the A team plays, no, the B team plays. So how do you look at it? What do you mean that he hasn't been consistent in a race? He literally hit an 80 in New Zealand not so long ago. He had four or five bad innings and they say it's been 19 innings without actually seeing that he was he and Gil were actually good in New Zealand when everyone else were not that good. See, the Dhawan, you'll see the number of games he's gotten, especially since the 2019 World Cup, has dropped immensely. He doesn't play T20s anymore. That's a big problem. He doesn't, he, he hasn't played, as far as I remember, I don't think he's played the Vijay Hazari or Syed Mushtaq Ali, right? I'm not, he hasn't played them. He plays T20s in the IPL and he's been good in the IPL. But why is he not being good in India? It's because he hasn't gotten those many games to have a consistent run. You see, you select so many multiple teams. The one is either a part of one or the part is in the part of one. While there are few who are part of every team. And you see the few who are part of every team are have been the ones who have actually been more consistent, like Ayer. Ayer has been part of this New Zealand squad. Ayer is part of this squad and he's run well in both because there's a con- consistent flow of him having a run. Even though Ayer actually sucks with the short ball, he has been allowed to give in a run and that's made it better. Even the other day, Ayer got out for a short ball, right? The first road, ODA. That makes my point. Even though Ayer is struggling, Ayer has been scoring runs, sure, but you look at the frequency of the games he's played and the frequency of games Dhawan has played, you'll see a big, big difference. Dhawan has been a consistent ODA batsman, especially in tournaments, whether it's been Asia Cups or T20 World Cups or 
any ICC event for that matter, the Champions Trophy World Cup, he scored consistently. And if you chose to ignore that by saying he hasn't been good in these few past few games, the reason he hasn't been good in these past few games is because he's been playing so sporadically, he hasn't been able to get a flow. Absolutely. And when you look at someone like Rohit Sharma, right? Now, he's also had quite the up and down in 2022 as a skipper and even as a player for that matter. But I think his knock in the second ODI really reminded us of what he is actually capable of. So, what are your thoughts on Rohit Sharma? So, like I said, the problem isn't with the players or the team in general. It's that we haven't decided on the way we want to approach the game. That is the major problem I feel like we have right now. Like we wanted to be aggressive in T20s, but in the World Cup we didn't do that at all because the openers were really poor with taking taking on the template. If you want to be an aggressive limited oversight, we need to commit to it and not be like okay just because the the we're having issues on the top order, will the other should cover it or we because this this is like this this is like that we shouldn't be more aggressive if you decided you want to play an aggressive brand of cricket, stick to it and don't try to change too many things too quickly without having given, letting it run its course. Right. And, uh, you know, talking more about the batting order, we have Virat Kohli, right? Now, he had a splendid T20 World Cup, goes without saying. But uh, his performance kind of dipped, right? In the Bangladesh series, we saw him get out soon. Like, he got the start, he got a boundary, but then he just couldn't quite translate that into the bigger innings. And the second ODI, we saw him uh, open to. So, what are your thoughts on, you know, Virat Kohli, the batter? Like, he didn't play in New Zealand too, so this was like directly jumping into international cricket again. And how do you like seeing him uh, as the opener? I still feel like he needs few more games to get into flow because you take out the T20 World Cup out of the transition. He was out of form before that. And now again, he's looking like he's out of sorts. So you need to give him more time before you could actually make a fair assessment of whether he is going to be consistent in the limited overs scene or not anymore. And like earlier, I was talking about the consistency and approach, right? So if you look at Pant as well, you see the number of games he's played in each position he's played in, in T20s and ODIs. He's all over the place. He has no clue of what his role is, which is why he's been so... He's looked so out of sorts because he opens a game. The next game, he's supposed to be finishing it. The game after that, he's part of the mid, top middle order. So what, what do you want him to do? If you want to use him as a floater, don't expect him to score runs because he'll just play the way he plays. The reason he's been consistent in test matches is because there's a fixed role for him and there's a fixed approach for what he's supposed to be doing. And that's why he works. Even in England, when he scored that ODI 100, the reason he did it because there was a few games in a row that he was given the opportunity to stick to one place. I feel like the inconsistency in our approach is what's causing the biggest problems with the limited over setup right now. I think, yeah, that's like the common theme, right? The lack of clarity from the team management and uh, the selectors, you know, as to what exact roles should these uh, players play. But uh, let's talk about Shreya Zaya, right? Now, he's someone who seems like he's in the group, you know, scoring some crucial runs for the team, especially when the top order uh, has some trouble. And he has saved India from trouble too in the series. And in the first ODI, he looked really good. So how do you look at him as an asset for the middle order that's, you know, currently in need of someone stable? Like we have Sky, right? But then having someone like an Ayer also helps the batting order? 
Yeah, but you've seen him out of outside of India or the subcontinent conditions, and you've seen where he struggles and why he struggles. When there's a problem that is that obvious and that clear for for the team manage the management, the coach, the player, and the opposition, it doesn't make it. it basically, it, what it does, it it leaves him vulnerable and exposed. So you look at it one way. The second, someone with pace, serious pace and balls like Ferguson comes in, or someone like come in, start come in, he will be more wary of the short ball than. Anything else? Like he won't be focusing on the ball that's coming, but he instead he'll just be looking. Okay, next ball is short. Next ball is short, and that fear is going to become problematic in conditions that are not in his favor. He was able to work the past few games because the conditions were in his favor. Even then, the there were short balls he was not really in control of. So unless he figures that out, he's always going to be more unreliable than anyone else. And you also spoke about Sky. Sky, I feel like even in 50 overs, he's trying too hard to be aggressive. He he doesn't give himself time, even though he knows he has it. He feel like I his approach is good and everything, but you can't. You need to look at the game a little more differently and give yourself more time when you know you have it. Absolutely, and you're talking about the middle order this time. India experimented by putting KL Rahul, uh, you know, in the middle order. He was also keeping for the team in the absence of uh, Rishabh Pant. Again, the communication on that was very weird, right? Like just a few hours before we realized that hey, Pant is not going to be uh, part of the series because the medical team said something. But you know, focusing on KL Rahul, right? Now he looked uh, fluent, and he also, you know, batted really well uh, in the two ODIs that happened. So again, no, do you think this is really well only in the first ODI? Yeah, yeah, in the first ODI. But do you think this is good things? Uh, you know, going ahead for Team India, looking to build our middle order. The middle order, we have options, but the problem is, who do like what do we want to do? Like I said, if we select specialist players. Will be will be stuck with the bowlers that we have, whether they have a good day or bad day. We'll be we'll have to have them. The thing is, we don't have Pandya in this series. We don't have Pandya. We don't have Jadeja. So once they both come in, either Chahar or Shardul goes out along with Akshay, correct? And once Bumrah comes in, again one of Shardul and Chahar will go out, correct? And then Shami comes in and Bhuvi come in. So who goes? Who and Arshdeep comes in. So Who else goes out? Because Umran will most likely play consistently now, especially after the way he's done in the 50-overs format. I don't know about T20s or Test matches. This they're saying that he might be selected for the Test series of Bangladesh too as a Shami's replacement, which looks interesting. How he'll whether he'll be able to maintain that those speeds and those lengths in the longer format, we'll have to look at. But I believe we need. If we are going to stick with him, he needs to play every game. He can play. He needs to play. The more he plays, the more he'll understand the way he needs to bowl. So him and Bumrah should play every game they can. Now, whether Shami, Arshdeep, or Bhuvneshwar play is something we need to look into. Because if you look at it from a batting and bowling perspective, the obvious choice would be Bhuvi. Right? Bhuvi will bat. Bhuvi will bowl. Bhuvi can bat if. This time he's not a slogger, but he can hold his own. But Chahar will have to go out if Bhuvi plays. Chahar is Chahar. I feel like needs to work on his fitness completely before actually coming taking a comeback because 
every time he's come back he's got in injured again because we don't know if he's fully fit or not or what the issue is so we need to find players who can do both at least consistently like sundar now even sundar will actually end up going out next sundar is playing only because he's not playing with a full strength squad right now and the funny part is sundar can actually open the batting as well so if you look at it that way you can actually play by playing sundar we cover a middle order or top order, order batsman and also have an extra bowler and spinner right those are again some and good what, points you bring yeah and bishnoi is out too bishnoi is not playing too chahal is not playing too kuldeep is not playing too so we have options but we haven't really we haven't really decided on a core which is problematic with the world cup coming up because obviously we need to have a system in place before the world cup so that we can focus on building those players better making them assess the conditions better and get used to conditions better and work together as a team because bowlers often work together and not as individuals like i said with what bangladesh do with their fast bowlers at the beginning and then the spinners in the middle the problem has been our spinners in the middle other than washington haven't done well this series right and you know we've spoken so much about the batting but let's also focus on the bowling part now india was in winning positions and you look at the first two odis right but i think it was our second string bowling attack that really tried but it couldn't just land that knockout punch and you know seal the deal for india so what are your thoughts on this uh, bowling attack and i know we are missing out on our uh, biggies like shami we don't have bumrah but how do you look at this attack nevertheless see i don't honestly I don't really think that anyone other than Umran will be getting a longer playing run here. Siraj has been good, but only with the new ball. You look at it; the second the ball becomes old, Siraj becomes inconsistent a bit. Chahar injured, 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 injured. Kuldeep played. Kuldeep Singh played one game and then got injured. He has a back issue from what I read. So, Ach Shardul. his opening spells have been good his death overs haven't been good so the problem with this bowling attack is not just limited to the way they this not just limited to the way they've been utilized but also they're stuck within their limitations like they can only do so much they don't they're not good death bowlers because none of them can bowl yorkers consistently or the hard lengths other than umran can bowl the yorkers but he's not that consistent with them with his because of the speed he bowls them at and and he can bowl the bounces but he can only bowl two bounces per over right so that is a right and uh, although you know the twin failures have may not have like entirely exposed india's strategy per se but i think india is still far from their full strength right like jasprit bumrah shami and uh, jadeja injured but do you think this is a wake up call you know as our focus kind of shifts from the t20s to the odis ahead of uh, the world cup that's coming at home so do you think india has enough attacking options through the middle overs you know someone we can experiment with who can actually get us those wickets and you know just get through to the opponents thing is right now the problems in our odia team are interlinked with each other we are stuck with specialist bowlers because we don't have all rounders who can do enough of both and because we are stuck with specialists 
we don't have when the bowlers don't do well we don't have someone in the batting order who can actually bowl a bit to take some pressure off you look at it that way we are neither here neither there now okay let's look at this way i'll give you 11 players now and this can be a team and you compare it to the squad we have right now okay so rohit opens with dhawan kohli pant jadeja pandya um then shardul sorry chahar or bhuvi one of them bhuvi let's take bhuvi shami bumra umran and kuldeep chahar chahal or bishnu now how many spinners do we have there two four paces that gives us six bowling options if they bowl all and pandya seven bowling options now look at the team we actually are fielding here and how many options we have bangladesh game mein kohli dhawan ayer sundar rahul akshar shardul chahar rohit siraj and umran the number of options we have here are umran siraj chahar shardul akshar sundar six six against seven and even in these six we have we didn't have uh we had two bowlers who didn't bowl the full quota so when you look at it that way having options of people is more necessary because it gives you more chances to switch things up that is the problem we have right now major issue is we if you look at the second first spot that i spoke about it's not just the options that exist it's about the quality of options that exist shami bumra and bhuvi are easily better than siraj chahar and shardul umran is the only one who sticks in both for me and the funny part is washington has been good with the bat but he won't be selected once jay jay comes back and akshar has been poor with the ball since the t20 world cup so now what do we do and actually i missed out sky too skies and punt both are not there now if you look at it that way the second they, they'll make it into the playing 11 immediately the second they are fit so that actually further removes the options that we actually have in the first squad so basically by looking for specialists who can do something we are just not giving ourselves enough options to have another plan we have a plan a and the plan a is the only plan we have i think what you have presented are you know some really good team combos that <laughs> team india can experiment with but it will be interesting to see you know how everything uh, pans out but even when we look at the pitches uh, for the world cup right now they can uh, prove to be unforgiving for the bowlers uh, as we saw you know in the conditions here at uh, bangladesh too and this really puts yeah, the but... onus on uh, the bowling teams as you know they try to break partnerships and not make it like a lopsided game in the favor of batters so how do you think india can deal better with it now that we have so many options so do you think we should stick to the score back then consistently and you know have them play as many games yeah that, that's one thing and you're forgetting the time in which the world cup is being played in india next year it being played in october and november so batting second then will be easier because there will be due obviously because winter will be setting in and most of the games will be in the north 
other if in the south the only games will be in bangalore and maybe chennai and mumbai so that is something that we'll, we'll need to look into and because we're playing that late into the monsoon season chances of rain are there pitches might also have been dried up dried up over the summer depending on how hot it gets so we will probably be playing with two spinners if not three on most occasions and four fast bowlers or actually only two fast bowlers because pandya will be playing the other another spinner role fast bowlers role so that thing is we need earlier rohit and kohli both is to bowl a bit but now both of them don't do that so that again is an issue because that way we are limited to the all rounders that we do have and like as like i've been saying constantly we don't have op- we have options but we don't have options that can actually directly fit into the squad as a whole so right, right now yeah. the people the people out who have been experimented with in the past couple of series who, who will probably be selected are washington umran and siraj akshar with jadeja's production i don't think we'll be making it to the world cup even as a backup because he hasn't been that good with the ball and the jadeja will be there washington will be there as a two all rounder spinners and the main spinner is between a toss up between chahar kuldeep chahal chahal kuldeep bishnoi and there are rumors that ashwin might again make a comeback into the odi squad but i don't think that's going to be happening if washington stays fit i think you know getting ashwin back into the setup would just add to more problems and you know having more players and not being able to you know use yeah, them but if there again ashwin can bat that's another so there is a lot in terms because chahal with a bat and ball has not been like chahal can't bat obviously he struggled the the last time where washington is trying to bail them out and so yeah so ashwin will ashwin will if he if he decides he will actually he might actually end up bowling leg spin just to be in the team you never know with him so <laughs> that is another option that is there but let's see it all comes down to whether the there's rain or not in the starting of october that's right. it Yeah and you know talking about the middle overs too right especially the overs 11 to 40 now they have been an issue with india for a while as we have been talking about we have the highest economy rate in that phase since the start of 2020 which is at 5.56 when you compare it to stats of like new zealand which is at 4.92 australia has it at 5.04 even you when you focus at uh, focus on odis at home in the same period india has an economy of what 5.76 in the middle overs which is just probably better than england and south africa So, if you had to look at what is working well for the other teams versus India, how would you look at it? The spinners. That's it. That's the only thing. Kuldeep and Chahal have been poor. Let let forget everything. Let's just accept it. They've been poor recently. They have been poor since the 2019 World Cup. Other than the phases Chahal had in the in IPL and this couple of series later. they haven't been since dhoni has gone they've struggled a lot and there's no reason there's no reason or explanation for it because washington who didn't play that much under dhoni and is still able to do well right now 
the only people who've been able to stick out has been Washington. Jadeja too has been poor with the ball in recent times, if I'm not wrong. He hasn't picked up as many wickets and he's been a little expensive. Akshar has done well in test matches and in few games in the limited overs, but none of our spinners have been consistent enough recently for us to be able to control our middle overs, which always has been our strength. And we don't have the fast bowlers to con- con- constantly bowl through the middle overs other than Shardul and now Umran, because Umran can't be used in power plays for obvious reasons. Right. And, you know, through the episode, we've also spoken so much about Washington Sundar, right? Now, he is another promising option that is really emerging for this uh, spinner all-rounder spot, along with uh, Jadeja and Akshay Patel. So, according to you, how impressive has uh, Washington been, you know, so far? And even Akshay, with that cameo in the first ODI, like, how do you look at all of this? The second ODI. Yeah, second ODI. first ODI, he didn't bat that well. In the second ODI, he hit his 50. So, like I said, the advantage Washington brings is he's a much better batsman than you actually know and realize. People think he's a bowling batsman, but actually he's a batting bowler. He opens the batting for Tamil Nadu. But he doesn't do that here. He bats so low on the order. And when he was promoted, people that in the second day, people were actually happy that he was promoted because he has done so well in New Zealand and he's come back, he's done bad. The only issue with him is he has had few injuries in the last year or so. So that's not given him a consistent run of games. And unlike all the other spinners we have, he's an off spinner. All the other spinners are either left arm spinners or leg spinners. He's the only off spinner and he's the only off spinning all around. And he's a left-hander. He has, that, he, that way he brings two options. He's a left-hander. He can bat anywhere because he's, he's bats at the opening for his state and he bats in the middle order and lower order for India and for his franchises. And he's an off spinner who isn't that we haven't don't we haven't really had a leading off spinner since Ashwin stopped playing limited overs regularly after the 2013 championship or the 2015 World Cup. Also, I don't know if he I don't remember if he played that consistently. I don't think he did because that was in Australia. Harbhajan retired and Ashwin was Ashwin. So we haven't had an off spinner who's been regular in the team since then, because Jadeja came out. Now, when you look at India's bowlers too, right, with best economy rates uh, in the middle over since 2020, uh, 2020, you have Mohamed Siraj who leads the way at, you know, 4.89. We also have Prasad Krishna and Avesh Khan in the list, but, you know, they've just faded out uh, owing to injuries and a lot of things that's happening. Then you also have Bumrah and uh, Bhubi. But Siraj has been uh, somewhat of a revelation, right? Often uh, he's trolled in the IPL for some of his expensive spells. But we still see him, you know, uh, bowling his heart out every single time. So how do you look at Siraj as an asset, you know, going ahead? He wouldn't be playing as many games for obvious reasons because Bumran Shami will come back. Bhuvi will take up Chahar's spot. And Umran is Umran. So there is uh, the only person who can re- probably replace is Umran because in terms of consistency. But Siraj himself is not that consistent. That also needs to be taken into consideration. And the thing why it will be hard for him to displace Umran is because of not just Umran's pace, but what effect Umran's pace actually has. In the second ODI, as you saw, he bowled short to Shakib and Shakib struggled. 
because shakib struggled so much shanto is a bit more okay uh, try to be a bit more careful and wary of the short ball and umran just bowled a full one and it was 151 kilometers you you miss and that's that's going to break the stumps that's obvious as day so siraj cannot bring anything onto the table that the other bowlers in the squad presently don't other than siraj just bowling with passion which is just which is more probably effective in test cricket siraj is a long format bowler if you look at it he's done well in the ranji trophy in the longer formats and he is not that good of a t20 bowler he's a better bowler in the longer formats 50 overs he's done decent and test match he's done well so we need to look at that as well right that's again a really good point uh, that you bring in and uh, let's talk about some of the injuries right now we have rohit chehar and kuldeep sen who are injured and this is obviously not good signs right going ahead to the third uh, odi where we really need to at least play for pride but we are losing some of our crucial players but does it make you actually reflect on the injury management and you know how rehabilitation and everything is happening in the back side thing with injuries they can happen anytime you can literally go out for a walk and end up getting hurt like maxwell was at maxwell was at his uh, birthday party and he broke his leg and he's out for 3 months so if you look at it that way you can't really predict what's going to happen when and while the problem will the problem will have to look into is when the same players get keep getting the same injuries multiple times that's when you look at it and be like okay that is actually a major problem like chahar has had so many issues with his hamstring right if i'm not wrong chahar has so many and pandya too his back issue started it became it it became a bigger issue later and that's when he decided to have a proper surgery and rehab and then come back and that's why he is a bit more better right now because he took more time to recover you people need to realize that this they are sportsmen they are not machines there will be burnout there will be injuries and you can't just say they are injured they're only injured when they're not playing the ipl and stuff like that because yeah they are not they not injured during the ipl because they've come back from injuries just before the ipl they got injured why not when with the national team right and you know we've spoken so much now so let's move on to our next segment which i've been doing with a lot of guests recently this is the burning question segment right here we ask a lot of tough questions and we get two cents from our guests on that so the first question here would probably be on sanju samson now he was dropped and he wasn't given enough chances as well but we still see you know there's so much of discussion on this everywhere now the moment rishabh pant was you know declared not playing in the series many people felt hey why not sanju samson uh, into the fold so what are your two cents on this you know do you think sanju samson is not getting the longer rope vis-a-vis say a player like shreyas iyer who's you know getting those uh, opportunities I don't think Samson will be getting many opportunities. I'm I'm being really honest. He won't be getting many opportunities. He's not a better wicket keeper than Pant right now. That's obvious. And with the bat, he has issues with consistency. He hits two good shots, and he thinks he can hit another instead of just trying to focus and doing what's right. And he messes up there. And then the next two games, he doesn't do well. He gets dropped. He does well in the IPL in a couple of games. He scores 100. His average shoots up. he gets selected in the indian team again and the same thing repeats itself his issues with consistency 
have been there since years it's not something new the only reason why the support for samson has increased currently is because pant has been getting a longer rope if pant was consistent with the bat samson wouldn't even be considered right now by even the fans <laughs> right you have a clear cut uh, point of view on this and uh, you know focusing on other stats right now since 2020 india's top wicket takers in the middle overs have been lord of course shardul thakur at 26 wickets we also have uzi chahal and uh, you know kuldeep yadav we have prasad krishna and washington sundar but let's focus on two major people here why do you think chahal and kuldeep aren't being given enough opportunities right like a few bad games they're dropped and then you know we saw chahal miss out on that t20 world cup in 2021 and we saw like very scarce opportunities in between kuldeep just seems to have faded out uh, you know so what do you think is happening there you've seen the number of wickets have you seen the number of overs bowled if you look at it shardul has the most wickets because he's been the only pacer who's been injury free these past two years is bowl the most number of overs that's why he has the highest wickets and then you can is talking about kuldeep and chahal not being in, given enough opportunities you see how many wickets don't look at the averages but look at the quantity of wickets they've taken in each game and the economy compare them with the economy rates you can take four wickets in three games and you would have picked up 12 wickets in 12 wickets in those three games and then you could have played eight matches without taking any wicket and you still look good saying you took 12 wickets in 10 games so which exactly is an accurate representation and statistic so that way kuldeep and chahal have not been given opportunities because they have been inconsistent in terms of wicket taking and that wouldn't have been an issue if they were controlling the middle overs like they used to earlier they haven't been doing that they've been expensive and they haven't been taking wickets even if it doesn't matter if you take if you it's better if you take two wickets for 30 runs in 10 overs then you taking five wickets for 70 runs in 10 overs you'd rather keep the runs down than have more wickets because if you keep the runs down even if you don't take the wicket someone else will and india have struggled with that and that's why you look at it washington hasn't played that many games in odis but he's still there on that list so that's something you need to look into <laughs> i think statistics always you know tells us a story in itself and it really depends on the way you see it but again that's a very good point ritesh uh so you know talking about uh, team selections right now that has been extremely sporadic in recent times we saw how uh, sky and hardik pandya did play in the new zealand series but are not featuring in this bangladesh series and this bangladesh series kind of presented an opportunity for us to present our best playing 11 right so them missing out and now i think in the next series we will see them uh, slot right back into the team so do you think you know going ahead they will uh, make it into the ideal team combination in odia is pandya will make it sky is 50 50 right now because of what he's done he started off in odia as well to he scored a couple of 50s if i'm not wrong in his first few games but then he started playing it as a t20 game then as an odia game you saw that in new zealand also when he, he hits the first ball or second ball for a boundary you'll be like okay this is going to be good and then instead of knocking it around because he, he has the time to do it he rushes too much again the way he does in t20s and that 
he struggled with balls that actually lift up outside the off stump if you look at the fourth of it more he he goes for a powerful drive and when there's too much bounce it takes a nick and it he gets caught behind or something like that uh, he chops on so he needs to give himself more time in odis and with ir doing well the past couple of games they'll probably try to stick to ir then to give uh, sky another chance unless you drop washington as well and washington i don't think will be dropped after the past two series so right and as we you know talk so much i realize that we've been pointing out so many things right uh, i think problems of abundance is a real thing right like there was a time when india was really searching for players for a certain role but now it's like we have so many uh, players contending for the same thing right so do you think sometimes you know having this problem of abundance is actually a problem in itself we recently saw the vijay hazare trophy again so many good players there to they put up such commendable performances maybe if they have good ipl seasons they might find themselves being selected for different uh, uh, series and all that so how do you look at this whole scenario the scenario itself is why we are in the mess we are right now because we have options we decided to play more cricket than we actually need to to build a proper team for cup based competitions and no there has not been much of a role clarity amongst players and that is the major issue right now right and talking about lack of role clarity i think someone like a rishabh pant directly comes to my mind right now when he comes back in where do we slot him in because we have kl rahul who's right now doing the wicket keeping duties but the moment rishabh pant comes back in how is it, how is that going to affect the batting order either sundar goes out and washington and pant comes in or rahul is dropped that's it ra, ra, and the ideal scenario would be rahul being dropped or or they'd go with the other way around they drop the one rahul goes to the top pant comes back in in the middle order so there are two ways at it right and you know talking about the middle order too we have so many options available all of a sudden right we have uh, sky we have shreyas iyer even deepak hooda is someone who can be used there probably even kl rahul if you know rishabh pant slots himself back in so who do you think can be this ideal number 4 for india or should we like just look at it ma- on a match basis or like a specific series for me i'd probably bring in sky more than ayer because sky can sky actually has a better approach than ayer i believe because like i said ayer struggles with the short ball and his fear of it even in subcontinent conditions will be probably you could say when like bowlers like nokia and faster bowlers come on sky will sky will be more effective because of his nature and approach that is to be aggressive and fearless over ayer who is who's in constantly on the back foot these days when it comes to the short ball itself right and one last burning question you know before we move on to our other fun segment which is evaluating india's odi formula now there has been a lot of criticism against uh, dravid right as the head coach many people feel he was better suited for age group cricket than you know uh, for the uh, senior team but how do you look at the whole rohit and dravid uh, combo right in the limited series that we have seen so far people are failing to realize that it's not just the change in coach and captaincy that's happened 
India have been asked to completely change their style of play, and that doesn't happen overnight. And we need to adapt, and that's not the only thing. We need to adapt. Our players need to adapt to it, or we need to adapt our playing style according to our players. Now, which happens first is something we can't predict. And you could say that Dravid was doing well with the under 19s and stuff, but if you look at it that way. even duncan fletcher when he came in he was bad he lost continuous series but he ended up winning the champions trophy and he did well in the 2015 world cup so we could also make an argument that what exactly do we consider good or bad because now the issue with dravid and what rohit have is they're coming in after kohli and chastri were successful in a way you could say but kohli and chastri were more successful in test cricket than limited overs that's something that you need to see think about because the the reason shash dravid and rohit are under such immense pressure is because of the following kohli has and the success kohli had as a aggressive captain the difference the change in approach is what's affecting the mindset of people right now more than the the way the style of play now dravid is under pressure sure but you've seen the issues dravid has had to face are much different than the issues that shastri or any other coach before had faced because when the amount of cricket has increased that we are playing the squads have been so diversified shastri's squads used to have a select same people there used to be a balance to it now there have been so many changes you don't really know who, who your best players are at this point and we still struggling to figure that out so i still i'd not say that dravid's a bad coach or anything because if you look at it the individuals have done well who have done well have actually done well under dravid before as well gil has done well sundar has done well both are products of dravid under 19 coaching and right now if you're going to bring in youngsters and aggressive brand of cricket into the squad in general who better to do it than the man who actually coached him at the under 19 level If you can you can look at it from that point of view also so what view are you going to select that's up to you right right and i know this is going to be our last question in the burning uh, question segment but i do want to ask you know like the moment you brought in the names of prithvi shaw and uh, shubman gill i really wonder why you know they are not being considered as you know future openers but someone like a ruturaj gaikwad yashasvi jaiswal these are again potential so, gold openers right so when you see them in the scheme of things especially someone like a prithvi shaw who has this you know aggressive approach to uh, any game he plays are we missing out on him gil will be in squads gil might even actually make it to the next world cup but just jaiswal needs more time obviously Rutraj hasn't done well every time he's been selected for any lena. He's done well in the Vijay Hazare and Mushtaq Ali over the years, and he had a poor IPL last year too. His inconsistency has also been an issue, and Padikal too has faded away after that one season he had with RCB. Shaw's issues are more prominent than people actually look into. You've seen what he does in the IPL, and what he what he does in the IPL is he's good in the power play. He chops on a lot. He struggles with the inswinger, right? Three, and he can be over aggressive in nature when he doesn't need to. He gets caught on the pull shot too a lot, but not the same way that Rohit does because Rohit gets out at the 
when he gets the shot properly at the boundary because he takes on the shot. Shaw gets out because he chases the ball outside off and he tries to pull it towards the leg side. Another thing that you need to know about Shaw is he's had fitness issues. He has he has had major fitness issues. It's not something like people are saying that you're ignoring the yo-yo test for Rohit and stuff, but there's a difference because Rohit is much older now. Rohit is not. Other than Kohli, none of the 30-plus-year-olds have actually been that fit in recent years for India. Correct? And Shaw is struggling to compete even with people his age in terms of fitness. You can see that even in the games. If you looked at games properly, even in the IPL, his fielding sometimes can seem lethargic. He's dropped catches. He's dropped easy catches. If that's clearly what I remember from what I've seen. So... Shaw needs to be a bit more serious now if he wants to be taken into consideration seriously. Even Sarfaraz Khan, there's talks of him coming inside the squad, test match squad, but he's too earlier. He has put on a lot of weight and there were people who are saying that he has fitness issues and stuff. So he, whether the, he, he may or may not be make it into the squad. Now what the new group of selectors will consider is going to be something different itself. But yeah, older players not being fit enough is something that selectors might ignore because they bring something else to the table in terms of their experience and their skill set. But youngsters having fitness issues is a bit problematic because what's the point of having youth when they can't use that youthful energy, right? Right. And, you know, again, some really uh, remarkable points you bring up. And let's move on to, you know, evaluating India's uh, ODI formula, the second part of our uh, episode. So overall, how would you rate India's ODI formula? In fact, I think the first message you did send me yesterday was, you know, India really needs to relook into this whole, uh, the way they approach ODIs and it needs a, needs a reformat in itself. So what are your uh, two cents on that? So, like I said, we need to decide on an approach. We can't just say we'll do this and not do it, or we can't just say we want to do this and not do it. We need to have some sense of clarity. And the lack of clarity starts with the selection. You need to be consistent with the selection so that you can have a fixed template. If you have, see, the reason Shastri also was successful was because they, Shastri and Kohli wanted to be aggressive in terms of their bowling and batting as well when it comes to test cricket and you look at it Gil and everyone who came through from Dravid's time. Dravid actually funnily enough even though the way he was as a player his under-19 squads are completely the opposite. His under-19 squads were looking to score runs of every ball allowed to be aggressive and if Dravid so that is proof enough that Dravid can bring the same approach because the senior squad who followed that for but not, not the exact template, but a different version of it when Dravid was the under-19 and NCA coach. Now, so you could easily say that it's proof that Dravid can actually bring it into the senior squad if he's given a proper base to work with. So we need to figure out what we what approach we want to do and who is going to play what role in that approach. 
right i think figuring that out will help us you know further just streamline who are these specific players who need to play these specific roles and even after the story of bangladesh right now india has three odi series at home or t20is and tests against sri lanka new zealand australia which is starting in jan and uh, ending before the ipl so that effectively gives us nine odis three against each team and i think it's again an opportunity to try out and identify you know the best batters best bowlers uh, you know for the middle overs especially in home conditions and subsequently even get them ready for the world cup so can india really sort out issues and use these series you know as an opportunity to do better see like i said whatever games that we have left should all be focused on being a build up to the world cup and the best way to do is have the world cup i think the problem the world cup is right now the squads are again back to 15 man squads then 20 man squads so to select 15 members is problematic because like i said we have two playing 11s that we can play and only few players are going to be been a part of both so who who will we pick what combination will we use or need to be figured out before the world cup itself right and i also you know want to bring this point of uh, you know the pressures of playing a world cup at home now we have often seen how teams can't really replicate that success let's take the case of australia right now the 2021 t20 world cup was so unexpected they still managed to win it and it was just amazing but when the world cup happened at home in 2022 they just seemed like a whole different outfit they still had so many issues to sort out so now like through our episode we spoke so much about how this 2023 world cup everything is building up to that so how do you look at the pressure of you know playing a world cup at home and as a fan how are you going to approach this like are you going to keep your expectations high are you planning to just you know be on the down low and just hope for the best i guess and did you a funny thing the past three odia world cups have all been won by the home teams and it started with india in 2011 no home team had ever won the world cup until india started winning in 2011 so which pattern are you going to be looking at is it the pattern of pressure or is it the pattern that the fans have actually helped you with what will you look at it as you see there's always more to the story than we actually look at so we can't just say that this is going to happen because of this reason or not because it can happen but will it happen is not something we know so as a fan what i would say with the expression of the world cup is if we have a proper clarity of the scheme that we want to use the way we want to play we will go deep into the tournament now whether we will win or not we don't know because anyone can win on any day and that's why we watch the sport right so that that's it we just will be probably going to the deep into the tournament if we have better understanding of what we want to do as a team and who we who will do what in the team and as long as we have enough options as well for bringing in change when necessary especially in terms of the bowling I mean, the reason I bring this question up is again because you know we've seen how the recent series haven't really inspired a lot of confidence, and you're going ahead losing to Bangladesh. I mean, no like disrespect to them, but it certainly doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. But even you know for the World Cup going ahead, are you convinced that this is the best combination India should opt for, or do you think we? I mean, do you have an ideal uh, playing eleven? Yeah, 
like take into account like that time i think you missed out sky and uh, pant so like do you still believe that that was the ideal playing 11 or do you have a better one now take like take this as a hypothetical scenario where everyone's like injury free what would your ideal playing 11 look like see my worry is the role of the spinner because we're playing in india we need two spinners or whether it will be sundar and jadeja only or we'll have a specialist specialist spinner and have only one between jadeja and sundar is something that we need to figure out and sort out another issue is that um what approach will we take will dictate what bowlers we pick correct so the i don't think i don't have an exact ideal 11 because there are a lot of factors that we need to consider before deciding right that also kind of brings me to my next question right like should we you know pick our playing 11 match by match this is from totally a world cup point of view or do you think we should stick to like that proper playing 11 back them through and through and just see the results i guess i obviously we'll have to look at it at a match by match basis because as much as we love to deny it matchups play an important role as well you can't have you can have a leg spinner bowl into left hander sure but how effective will that be is something we can't predict because the pot this gives more scope to the batsman as well right gives them more of a chance to hit the bowler than to get hit by the bowler so yeah and another thing is we don't have a left arm fast bowler other than archdeep natarajan has come and gone nobody knows why he disappeared from the squads even though he actually has he had a pretty decent ipl last year as well so that's also something we need to consider variety right and uh, you know one last question before we uh, wrap up this episode what are some of the changes that you think india can bring in for the third odi versus bangladesh i don't think we don't need to make any actual changes other than the players that have got injured most likely we might actually give patidar a game because rohit is not there or even or kishan might just come in and rahul might open and kishan might keep there is that too and yeah and chahar is not there so kuldeep sen is also not there so I don't. I don't know the exact squad which who will bring in as another fast bowler, or whether we'll bring in a spinner itself and follow Bangladesh's pattern as they've done with bowling multi two three spinners, right? Three or four spinners in their teams, right? So there is that too. Right. I mean, it will be interesting to see the uh, combination that India But opts for. Yeah. One thing I'd like to see is it'll be fun to see if they'll if Kishan doesn't play, will they get Washington to open? Because even in the last game, even in the last game, there was discussion that should Washington open with Dawan, but Kohli <laughs> opened instead. So yeah, I mean, considering we have nothing to uh, lose, India might want to try that out. But I think that's too experimental, and we would want to, you know, win that final ODI, just end on a high. I mean, we even lost the 2015 series, right? Like two one. But hopefully, we can uh, salvage the last ODI. Any predictions? Yeah. and like i don't really know because there'll be so many changes in the playing 11 to get a proper idea of the prediction is hard because 
the playing 11 dictates the way we want to go for the game right pretty much and also one more thing i wanted to tell was like you saying that how uh, the how we'll go deep into the world cup or we spoke something about that and we spoke about how people we might lose any team can win anywhere there the football world cup going on right now is an example morocco reached all the way to the quarter finals yeah. so nobody expected to and they were, so we can't really predict the way sport goes and that's why we need to enjoy it the way it is absolutely and uh, do you have any final thoughts or a message for our listeners before we draw curtains on the episode uh, probably say stop being so reactionary <laughs> but that would be really controversial for me so yeah stop being so reactionary that's about it okay be more patient yeah yeah and on that note we draw curtains on this episode thank you so much ritesh for joining me on this discussion and answering my 1 million questions about everything and for being such a patient uh, guest as well he's hoping to have a chat with you again you know our uh, college conversations are really fun but you know having you on the podcast was really good and we have a whole audience listening to us so that's going to be fun and yeah see you on the other side Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much listeners for tuning into this episode and for your unstinted support. Please follow and press the bell icon on Spotify and subscribe to the podcast on Google Podcasts for the latest episode updates and stay tuned. Do check out at the rate never on the back foot on Instagram and at the rate never on the back one on Twitter for the latest facts, terminology, retweets, fresh tweets, and a lot more that's coming up this cricket season just for you. The podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Overcast, and a lot of other platforms. So please do spread the word. Until next time, stay safe and take care, listeners. Bye for now.